Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending from where you are watching us. This is the Customer Experience Show. It's our 12th episode, and this is a show where we pick on the brains of the best minds when it comes to customer experience, either internal customers or external customers. Today, I'm very happy to welcome to the show the first ever Cypriot, Stavros Ioannou, the CEO of Grand Thornton Cyprus. And uh, our show will be divided into two parts. The first part, I'm going to be asking him a few questions so we can uh, pick his mind. We're going to learn a lot from Stavros. He has been a friend and a mentor to me personally. And uh, as I said, he's the first secret ever to be invited on this show. And uh, the second part will be your questions. So please, once you start listening to the answers, and if you have any questions coming up, please send them in. I will see them from here and then ask them during the second part. Altogether, we will be live for approximately 28 to 30 minutes. With this in mind, I welcome Stavros to the Customer Experience Show. Thank you, Michael. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much. So Pleasure. Stavros, before I get into my questions, I have uh, a small question I need to ask. Are you doing this because you love it or are you doing this because of the money, the car your current job? That's a short answer and a long answer. The short answer, I love it. I have a job, job satisfaction is 100%. Uh, but I think what's interesting for you, Michael, and the, um, and the audience to know is that um, I've ended up doing this job out of um, effectively lack of options. You so, have a lack of options? Yes, I had a lot of options. <laughs> I, when I was studying, I became, I became an accountant for the wrong reasons. I had no money to do a master's degree. I had no money to do a PhD degree. So I had to do a professional qualification. Um, something that obviously I don't regret. Uh, at the back of my mind was to do this qualification just, just to get a paper and um, do something in an industry. But, but joining my first ever employers in London in the profession, what kept me was the interaction with the clients, the interaction with people from day one, something which continues today. Um, so whether you believe it or not, I still haven't haven't seen a um, a day that is the same uh, after so many years. So I absolutely love my job, um, and it's definitely not for the money. Excellent, good, great, Stavros. I recently read a book. This is a book, dear friends and fans. Uh, it says, "Employees first, customers second. Do you agree with this statement? Do you disagree with this statement? And what's your take here at Grand Thornton Cyprus? I absolutely agree with the statement. We are in an industry ourselves, uh, being a service, a professional services firm. Uh, it's very hard for us to differentiate and to tell you here that we can do a better audit than any competitor or do a better valuation uh, with so many um, uh, professionals in Cyprus and so many professionals in the world. What we could, what, what we are trying on a daily basis it is to differentiate on the way we offer our service. The delivery of service, the, the accessibility to our people, the way we take care of our customers, these are priorities and this is the only way we could differentiate. And therefore, the only way our people who deliver that service is our only asset. They are our top asset and we should be taking care of them in order for the clients to receive the best uh, service. But absolutely, uh, I agree, employees should come first. 
So you believe that customers can not have a better treatment if their employees are not having an excellent treatment Absolutely. in the beginning. Since you talked about treatment, my next question is, what best motivates an employee? And is it a different motivation for each person? Motivations can be very different for, for persons, but, but also for generations of people within, within an organization. Uh, so if I was to pick uh, something that motivates uh, people is to give them the stage, make them feel safe, and give them the stage where they can contribute with their ideas. Find ways to involve them in decision-making. So that is a big motivation. It's not, it's not the money, it's not, it's not, they have to be remunerated fairly, yes, but that's not what's gonna uh, differentiate, that's not gonna keep them uh, happy. Make sure they're involved in the in the in the business. Be transparent. And do you involve everyone in the hierarchy, or are you talking about a certain level? Let me give you example. Um, an example. We have um, a few years ago we set up a, our culture advisory board. It's an advisory board which advises me on 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 everything that's happening around the firm. So ninety percent of on on culture issues. It's a group of seven people, and it includes uh, junior members of staff. Come a bit closer, Thank you. Junior, yes. jun junior members of staff and senior members of staff across all departments and, and both offices. So these guys have access to information that I have and the partners have in terms of results of staff surveys. Um, uh, they have access to our policies and, and our competitors' policies. So they continuously um, look and assist me by bringing suggestions to me and the partners uh, on how to. Um, effectively adjust if if we need to any policies or take decisions and make the the um, the company even more uh, friendlier or improve the culture. So, in the example I've given you, all the employees and all the levels are represented in the in the so, culture advisory. Board. I like this culture advisory. Yes, board. guys, culture advisory board. Hope you're not giving us all your secrets uh, no. today. Uh, you're giving some. <laughs> so this ends our interview for today, guys. Stavros, next question. It's a tough one. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Can you name three skills that will help a manager make the transition into a leader? Three skills that will help a manager make the transition into a leader. And you will help us also because we're starting a mastermind, helping managers to become leaders. So I'm going to write all these things down. Okay. <laughs> uh, Michael, the first of all, to make the transition from a manager to a leader, IQ and technical skills are not enough. Important, yes, but they're not enough. All right. Your emotional intelligence is gonna make you from a manager to a leader. So that's that's as a, as a um, statement to, to start off this difficult question. Um, now, what do I mean? And I will, I will come to the, the point and be more specific. First of all, you need to develop a very good self-awareness, self-regulation. You have to be motivated and have the ability to motivate. And also, you have to exhibit empathy at all times. Okay, I need an example for each. 
I will help you with the self-regulation. You told me last time we spoke that people need to feel comfortable as well to come to you and deliver news to you or their uh, whatever their opinions and not make them feel bad. And if you're like this at home, you cannot be different at the, at, in your office. So I understood a few things. Know, know thyself, as the ancient Greeks used to say, and uh, self-regulation in terms of regulating how you come across. Can you help us a bit with motivated and being motivated and empathy as well? Yeah, I mean, being motivated, it, it means you have to love your job. You need, you need to be linking it back to the technical side. Okay, it's important to have it, yes, but to make the transition, you have to love your job. You need to know the insights and you need to learn how to trust people. As you go up the ladder, okay, there's no way you can do everything you used to do as a manager. When you're a manager, you cannot do everything that you used to do as an employee. So well, you need to surround yourself with top talent, but you have to have the trust to give the work to them. How do you learn how to trust people? You learn by failing, you learn Absolutely. by... You need to try, you need, you, you need to trust your instinct, you need to know yourself very, very well. I'm coming back to the self-awareness point. Um, you need to know your strengths, your weaknesses, and work on those things. Okay, but there's only one way of finding out is you have to try. Um, in terms of empathy, it's something that as a leader, you always need to work on. Um, it's something that you can develop, yes, uh, but it's not something that you can say, I have mastered now and I'm an empathetic tick and I filed my diploma. You have to keep working on it, keep putting yourself in every person's position, understand where they're coming from, despite the fact that you could disagree. Um, but you need to exhibit uh, those attributes when you um, make the transition from a manager to a leader. Now, in terms of a skill set to be more specific for your... Um, uh, th th there are a number of skills, I think, which can be developed, assuming that you exhibit all those attributes I, I, I discussed. First of all, as a leader, you need to be able to frame the challenge. You need to tell people, you need to be very clear. Guys, we have this issue, we have this challenge, we have this problem, we have this task. You have to be clearly to you know, identify that. So frame the challenge is one uh, attribute that as a leader you need to exhibit. The second thing is that you have to be able to give the work back to the people. Involve them. In, in finding the answers. What keeps people from giving the work back to the people? It's, a, it's, um, it's being um, not confident enough, fear. That I might lose my job, correct. my position. Yes, 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 mm. yes. Um, so that's, that's, that's a fundamental thing that people can work on. So you need to give the work back to the uh, people. There's a trick here here element which I will mention, you have to be in a position to manage work avoidance. And how do you do that when you are, you know, a leader and let's say at the top of the pyramid, if there is a pyramid, how do you, how do you make sure that junior members of staff or other members are, are delivering? So you need to manage and find a way to manage work avoidance. That's a skill that you have to how do you do it, Stavros, if I may ask? Uh, you told me not to I'll come back to that. Yes. And most importantly, yeah. closing the, the element that you need to work as a as a leader 
you need to be able to orchestrate conflict. I've read somewhere, Michael, that... Do you mean orchestrate conflict uh, to resolve conflict or to create conflict? First of all, you need to expect that there will be conflict. Okay, so orchestrating, making, making sure that the conflict does not end up in any a disaster you have in a position to and that's where the other skills come into to absorb you it, have to yeah. see the point absorb the point make make the people see each other's points and involve them in that decision making so these are attributes i'm leaving i'm leaving deliberately out a few things that uh, also you're teaching and you're 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 training people let's say presentation skills um uh, networking or negotiation skills but if you think behind everything I've talked about here. I think uh, there are fundamental elements to this. Uh, uh, so coming back to the original question, I think let's focus on the importance of emotional intelligence. And then from there, there, there are a number of things that help me a lot, frame the challenge, give the work back to the people, manage work avoidance, and then orchestrate conflict. You just gave me the titles for uh, my our mastermind coming up for free. Thank you. And now I understand. Yes, <laughs> uh, for free. Now I understand why you you say that uh, IQ and technical skills are not enough. They're enough to get you there, but not to get, not to become a manager at the end of the day. Yeah, because your job changes in a way. It yes, from it, yes, it does. And, and many times when I'm explaining yeah. this thing, people think that. The, the technical expertise or the academic performance yeah. are not important. No, they are, but everybody has those. It's what you do, it's the benchmark effectively. So anything you do above that, uh, you need to work on your emotional intelligence and, and all the other skills. Brilliant. We have a lot of questions coming in, so I'll be brief because if you can see here from the chat, we have a lot of people that have written down. So I'll be brief with my questions as well. Okay, next question. What leads to customer loyalty in your experience? Customer loyalty. You're talking about external customers yeah. now. Well, I can I can only obviously speak from from experience. You need to be always be close to your customers, understand their business, and be able to listen. Okay, you always have to try to advise you, and don't be afraid if you cannot service and give them top service. Don't be afraid to even refer your clients to your competitors. Amazing, I like this. Don't, I've, I've done this before, people respect that. But to do that, you need to build that trust with the client. Again, it starts with you, coming back to the fundamental issue of self-awareness. And again, it starts with trust. Yes, it starts with trust. It's it's very, you need to have that relationship uh, uh, with your clients, break the, the eyes as you do, and this will form long, long-term relationships. Um, so customer loyalty comes from being close to your uh, customers, easy, easily accessible, so they can reach you. They don't have to phone 50 times a switchboard or your PA to put an appointment. Get back to the guys, listen, and usually work work will come back to you uh, if you listen and understand their needs. And also trust, first of all, yourselves. Trust the organization, even if you refer a client for a specific service to a competitor, customers will buy you that. And of course, throughout your journey, throughout your customer experience service, you should be trying to add in value 
because nowadays with technology and automation, especially in our, in our profession, I think um, if you don't add value, you'll be out of business soon. Excellent. So don't be afraid to lose business. As long as you refer people to the right person, you win on trust and uh, you become a trusted advisor. Be transparent, be, 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 be transparent with your clients. Okay. Last question, and then we go to our audience's questions. I'm going to come to your comments as well, guys. In a little while, you have to allow me a minute to show people's comments and see what they are saying okay. about my friend Stavros Ioannou. Stavros, last question from my side. How can our organization build a strong company culture? That's a million dollar question. Yeah, I know it's a million euro question here. Michael, the... I think it starts with values. Organizations should clearly identify the corporate values. And then the tricky thing now, recruit based on those values. Don't recruit based on, again, academic performance or qualifications. Yes, you can find those. You, you, can, you can find people with top class degrees, Yes, they have a skill set. Yes, it's all everything is needed, but try to recruit from that group based on the values. And then, if you have a value alignment between the corporate values and your colleagues' values, that's when magic uh, starts to happen. Yeah. So it's, uh, in my opinion, is. Okay, obviously, it's very, very difficult, right? We're not in the business of you cannot turn the tab and say, okay, now. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm sorting out my culture. It's something that it it uh, it evolves. Uh, it it takes a lot of pain, a lot of effort. But I think if you stick to the values um, of the organization and recruit based on those values, I think then the culture will take care of itself. Now I know why the late Tony Shi from Zappos that are selling shoes online uh, used to walk in after the training session was over and ask people to recite the ten values of the company. They didn't know the ten values; they were out. So you have to know your values to live your values. And that's very important. Shall we go and take some comments and see from our audience? Let's see. Let's see all of them. Good morning from India. Nadia Themis from London. Good morning. Sophia Shilimindri. Good morning, Sophia Mu. Good morning from Nicolaus Valercos. You know Nicolaus Valercos, yes? Yes. A great guy, yeah? Good morning, Maria Spiridis. Let's see. Let's get our first one. We want to establish an incredible mentor. Thank you for putting this together, Michael. It's Pedro uh, Chacuris. Yes, I China. I met him in China. In China. Good morning, Costas. Good morning, Marianne Donio. Panfuli. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, my friend. Watching from Tokyo. You are both top. MT. Let's get a question. We have a question here, Stavros. Are you ready? Yes. I'm reading it for the first time. So if there are any swear words, it's not <laughs> that. Dear Mr. Stavros, this is from Panfuli, an accountant and a good friend and a mentee. What advice do you have for the new accountancy graduates who aspire to follow in your footsteps and one day rise to the position of partner and maybe just maybe one day rise to the top as managing partner? What advice would you have for those uh, accountancy graduates? Graduates. Coming back to the issue I said uh, in my last statement, I think the, the accounting graduates, the ones to enter into this profession, should pick their employers very, very carefully. You know, many years ago I told you the, the phrase interview 
interview your future employer. Interview your interviewer. Yeah. Uh, making sure that you're in an environment where you be feel feeling value and adding value, feel safe in that environment from from whatever you can see from the interview. Um, and I think the the most fundamental thing is obviously being being the accounting world. You need to make sure that you pass your exams. Yeah, that's okay. And then you have again to live with your values, exhibit that you care, that you respect relationships. At the beginning of your time um, of your career, you have to be on time respect people and then it's okay not to be no time. you can be a little bit late <laughs> okay but then keep respecting the people uh, around you another thing which we young graduates fail to um, to grasp until very very late in their careers is the fact that um things in life go always up and down we always use the phrase in Greek, we'll sort things out when things are going to be better. And what they don't realize is that is the lens we're using that has to change. And when things are down, either because of work pressure or some exam failures, the only thing that keeps us afloat is our achievements to date. So young graduates, they make the assumption because they're surrounded by like-minded people and people that are also had education that everybody finishes high school everybody goes to university everybody gets a top class degree everybody gets a job and constantly they want more and more and more so when things go a little bit down they don't they don't appreciate their achievements today which is going to keep them afloat so they get discouraged they, they, they get easily discouraged so they, they 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 never say to themselves hang on a second i i, I finished from a top class university i obtained a degree most probably i'm going to be okay with my exams so it is a journey where you need to trust yourself from day one, trust the organization that has employed you. And I think if you stick to your values, then you're going to come out uh, successful. It's, 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 a, it's a very long journey from an accounting graduate to, to become a, a, a CEO, but I think the principles um, are the same. But you can still be young and be a CEO. <laughs> Thank you, uh, youngish. When you interview your interviewer, might you appear arrogant in this way? No. Or, or are there any questions you suggest you can, we can ask? No, you can be. You can. You can. You can just find out. Are there any, for example, um, induction courses when we join? Um, are there any other schemes like, let's say, coaching uh, training or mentoring? Uh, you know, things like you know, it's just general general question. I joined day one. Will somebody be looking after me on day one? Will I belong to a group? And you. You tend to find out from from those questions about some policies, which they might seem obvious for for some people, but they're very very important, especially for the new graduates. Are there any induction course here at Grand Thornton? Yes, there mentorship are. Programs? Yes, there are. So we have to thank Grand Thornton for <laughs> hosting us today. And yes, there are. Yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. guys, Mr. Stavros, Ioan, I'll send you your, his phone number later on. <laughs> he has a follow-up question. He says, "We'll see in a while." Christos Magedonas, thumbs up. Nadia Temi says, great story, well done. Anna, how is now the situation in the Cyprus corporate world? How you handled the crisis in 2013 customer service? How is the situation now in the Cyprus corporate world? The situation in the, in the Cyprus corporate world is, is um, 
I guess it's okay uh, coming out of the pandemic as much as we could have some services that some industries would have been hit hard like tourism. Um, we still have a, uh, an issue with uh, the, the big level of non-performing loans. Uh, but generally, I think I think it's going better than than uh, than expected. Is there any light at the end of the tunnel? Yes, there is. Uh, Michael and as I said uh, publicly a few weeks ago, for the future of the professional services firm, I think it's uh, it's key that the public sector, um, sorry, as a as a country and as a government, we have a complete change of mindset. The public sector should be working together and supporting the private sector in its efforts. And not stall, not and, and not and not the other way uh, around. So, we want to be a digital country. We want to take care of the. I mean, take advantage of the technology. And yet, you, you arrive in Larnaca Airport, and you still have to show a piece of paper to a policeman to get through. It's 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 things like that that I think which we could always uh, find ways of improving and and making a difference. But. Um, it's better than expected. 2013, 2013 crisis. Uh, I think they're referring to the to the um, to the banking, uh, the banking uh, crisis. crisis. That's that's well over now in terms of uh, that crisis. It left us with um, big issues in terms of sorting out our house, in terms of uh, compliance and uh, too much pressure from the European authorities and the US authorities on the way we do business. Uh, scrutinizing transactions and everything which is which is by the way the right thing to do but i think now we've gone to the other way where you know we're making it a little bit difficult to even open a bank account in cyprus so there has to be a, a right balance and hopefully hopefully we'll find that soon. okay i will interview a developer next time okay okay all right george Fichtos, you know george Fichtos? i know george yeah one of the best if not the best negotiator in the world give them the stage motivate and involve them spot on stavros Thank you, George. George, you will be teaching at the Mastermind. Uh, we're planning to, Stavros has already agreed to join. I didn't make a proposal to you. I'm making it live on air now. <laughs> no, I mean it. I'm not joking. <laughs> so I'm joining, yes? Yes, of course. <laughs> you said yes. That's all right. Good morning from Nicosia. Glad to see you. Alisa, good morning. And bravo for this inclusive for all way of thinking from Yvonne Sanos. Let's see who else is here. Are you okay with time? Yes, yes. I like to be on time, but uh, we have a lot of audience here. Happen, and Petro uh, uh, is including both junior and senior staff members in decision-making. Recipe culture for success. You have to include them all, as you said, your advisory board. Yes. Culture advisory board. Yes. Let's see who else. Uh, Artemis Kasavi. Motivation is the key uh, success in organizations. If you are not motivating your staff, game lost. Good morning to Richard Pager. Richard Pager is the head of the business school at UCL. Okay. Where I lecture once a year, or where I used to lecture once a year. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, I'm coming in October. Everything is open from yesterday, okay? That's great. And Athenodoros Menzies, good morning. Glad to see both of you. Glad to see you too. Uh, we have Ronak Jane, good morning. Let's see. Good morning, gentlemen. Status, status. Let's get another question. Stavros. Yep. Uh, from Spiridon, Yorgagopoulos, probably from Greece. How is the management style of the company, Grand Thornton? How has it changed uh, within the last year? Have you moved towards an agile way rather than a hierarchical way? But from the day I uh, know you, we were never in hierarchy. We're, we're always, we're always a very, very Great question, by the way. We were always a very, a, a very flat uh, structure. Um, if you ask, uh, you can have access to the partners. Uh, they don't have PAs outside there. 
their offices. Uh, if you get my call out here and you ask if I have a PA, probably most people that just don't know who my designated PA is. So it's a, it's a complete uh, a flat structure. People have have the platform to to ask questions, to communicate. Um, we keep. I mean, okay, pre-pandemic, uh, create the the events or or the the um, the forums for people to to come together. It's been a challenge since then, so I have to had to move online and I had to keep very very close to everyone. But the the, the the structure is absolutely flat from day one. Excellent, very good. Thank you for answering this question, Spiridon. Uh, if you need anything else, let me know. I'll pass on. Yep. Uh, the Quakatitans of Stavros. Let's see who's here. My friend Vaso Vardagi, a coach as well. She says, good morning, Michael. Great conversation with Mr. Stavros Ioannou. Thank you for this episode. Question for Mr. Ioannou. What is, in your opinion, uh, what is your opinion on vulnerability at the workplace? Great question. Great this, question. This, this is a great question. It's something that I've been talking quite a lot to, to, to people. Um, vulnerability, I'm, I'm in favor, first of all, as a, as a people like that, uh, to be authentic, to, to, to show that uh, you are vulnerable, it's not a problem, people should not be ashamed. Um, so to be your authentic self, which of course includes uh, sharing or exhibiting vulnerability where, where, where you wish to, uh, but I think it comes with two disclaimers. I mean, with two conditions. Um, you, if you are a newly appointed leader or newly appointed manager, to be vulnerable sometimes could be, to, to, to show vulnerability sometimes could be a boomerang. It can hit you. However, if you have been successful in your career and you have shown people that you can actually deliver your work, then vulnerability is not a problem. People will love that. So you need to have a track record of success. It's easier to be vulnerable once you do that. And of course, as long as you respect everyone in the workplace, you could be your authentic self. So authenticity, which includes, um, I think, being, 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 being vulnerable, has these two conditions for me. Can you fake vulnerability? No, it's very difficult. You, I mean, you can, you can try, but eventually it's going to be out there. Very good, very good. Stephanie Pilavagi says, good morning. Who else is here? Spot on. Maria Shobasha says, recruit based on values. Kalimera, Nikki, and let's see. Question for Stavros from Beto Chakuris. We have a lot of questions. I think we should get this one and uh, maybe another one. It's okay, okay. How do you encourage entrepreneurship, behaving like an entrepreneur while working within the grant for an organization, within a large organization? How do you encourage that? Uh, Petros, this is, this, this, this is a great question. You have to have the, 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 you have to encourage people to speak out, share their opinions, give you their views. So it's, 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 it's going back to the, they encourage people to bring the ideas to you. Uh, it could be things like the cultural advisory board, it's one thing, but also I make a considerable effort of my time is to be close to all levels of colleagues. 
from day one, whether we go together uh, for an evening run in groups of five or six people, or whether we go deliberately for lunches in group of five or six people, encourage that it's their ideas and they're, uh, that they're, they're going to assist us in innovating and becoming better. And through that, I think we could, we could encourage um, uh, entrepreneurship. I know that you do that, but I believe you're a rare example of a CEO who's so approachable. And at the end of the day, I think it works to your benefit. So we shouldn't say all our secrets out here, but you said it first, okay? We are transparent. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, Hajigosta, good morning. Cristal Lagazara, good morning, great session. Thank you very much. Let's see who's here. Stefanos Costandino, good morning to all. Good morning, Stefanos. Christos Magadona, good morning, Michael and Stavros. Samas Trijas is asking a question. A great friend and a coach. And he's the person who told me, stop doing this uh, podcast on your own and do it with someone else next to you. And okay. he was right. We have a great turnout. As the old, uh, the old sailors used to say, there is no wind that helps you if you don't know where you're going. Uh, excellent comment, linking values and recruitment to corporate culture. Keep up the amazing work, Michael, and congratulations for your guest. Thank you very much, Savas. Thank you, Savas. Do you hire character or talent? Statistics, uh, insurance advisor, Correct. a good friend. Character over talent. Uh, that was the first one. Antonis Nicolau, good morning, great session. Thank you, Antonis. How can a small company compete with big ones? Any advice? I don't know if it depends from the sector, but I think you can give an advice. How can a small company compete with bigger ones? I think if you if if you have defined your 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 space in the market and what you what you are delivering, um, uh, you know, is is something that is not just unique, but there is something uh, that people can see a differentiation. Usually in the services industry, it's it's all about the way you deliver your service. If you're smaller, the chances that you'll be more approachable. Um, usually, small firms, if I can. Turning around to, they have a, a less, have a narrow offering, but they have a very, very deep expertise on something. So they need to find that expertise and, and take advantage of that. Narrow offering, deep expertise. Wow. And get to know your customers by name since you're a smaller company. Let's see. Sodia Christo. Sodia is a young, talented uh, person, a good friend. I will introduce you, Sodia, once. She uh, should be working here. She should be working here. Sodia, okay, Grant Thornton. It's important to align the company goals with the employees' personal. Is it important to align the company goals with the employees' personal work goals? You said values. Now we're talking about goals. Yes. Um, this, is a, this, this is a great question. I'll, I'll, I'll use a recent example where we have set our uh, local strategy, um, uh, which is aligned to the global 2025 strategy. Um, it starts with the, um, the the vision. We have the three strategic pillars. And by the way, I'm not giving everything out because we have not communicated yet to everyone. We've just finished the first session for in front of 60 people last Friday. We have another one this Friday and a few others to, to follow. Um, and one of those strategic pillars supporting the vision is culture. Okay, for each one, we have set firm KPIs. Key performance well, indicators for the company as a whole. So when we evaluate this, 
in, in five years' time will say, because you have achieved this and this and this, we can say confidently we have achieved our vision. Deliberately, we have not linked this to any financial measure. We have not said that in 2025 we will increase our revenue by so much. We will increase our profits for so much because we are, we are a great you know, believers that if we take care of our people, if we have a zero tolerance on quality and risk management, and we manage to fill our strategic gaps, the numbers will follow. Those KPIs will be linked to partner KPIs, which everybody will know. And manager and staff KPIs will be set with the involvement of all the people. So no one in the firm will get a KPI that there hasn't been a discussion at the manager level or, or at cap level. And that's the that, that's the intention. And nothing is linked to financial goals. Nothing is linked to financial goals. Amazing. That was my favorite answer, guys, and uh, I've learned a lot from this. Wow. wow. Victoria, good morning. How are you doing? Who else is here? Basil, Mada, good morning from London. Are you up for another question from Yvonne Sanos? Yeah. Do you believe blended working will be a permanent option? Now I want to uh, hear this answer. A permanent option in the professional environment of Grand Thornton post pandemic? Yes. 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 Fast. It will be. Do they get a choice how many days they will be working from? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's absolutely up, up to the, the, individual. the individual to choose. As long as they meet their KPIs, which are not financial. No, 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 no. As long as they leave their values, or one of which is respect. So if they respect whether that's a partner or that the deadlines and stuff, and they keep communicating to each other, they can work from wherever they want. Great, great. Uh, Gleria Mavoru, good morning, gentlemen. Great conversation. Thank you to both. Thank you, Gleria. Desislava uh, Vangelu, great conversation. Thank you. Panayota Victoros, indeed a great one. Thank you. And Stathis, Stathis. So, guys, with this, uh, I want to thank uh, Stavros Ioannou, the CEO of Grant Thornton and Grant Thornton for hosting us. You have been amazing, like always. Uh, I don't feel that you are only a friend, but you're also a mentor to me. And Thank I appreciate you, that a lot. Thank you. And uh, the last word is on you. If you want to say something to our audience, you can look at them there and tell them anything you like. It's been a, it's been a, a, a difficult journey, first of all, for me personally to find um, my, let's say, my purpose at work. Uh, and, and this is something I think which you can find through work something which is going to keep you going and for me it always has been from day one the connection with our people and the connection with our client uh, with, with, with our clients from day one since i was a trainee in london to today this is what keeps me in this job so uh, trust yourselves leave your values and i think the rest will take care and there will be never a day that is the same as Stavros has told us at the beginning. And I have a feeling that this is the secret of success, personal and professional success. Stavros, thank you thank very you much. Michael. Thank you to Grant Thornton. Thank you. thank you to all of you for tuning in. And I hope to see you back on Monday with another episode of Jumpstart Monday. Take good care, guys.